0: Chapter 8 of In the Pecos Country by Edward S. Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 8 The Swoop of the Apache. The afternoon dragged slowly by with Fred crouching as he was in the top of the tree and waiting for the time to come when he might descend and make the attempt to rejoin his friends who could not but be greatly concerned over his absence. At rare intervals the spiteful crack of a rifle reached his ear as before, and he knew that the white and red men were watching each other, both ready to seize the first opportunity that might offer for obtaining the slightest advantage. The occasional clamping of the hooves of a galloping horse showed, too, that his dreaded foes were close at hand. Finally the sun disappeared, and darkness slowly settled over wood, forest, and prairie. There was the moon, shining as bright and unclouded as on the night before, but the shadow was so dense among the trees that this was of no particular importance, and so, soon as night was fairly come, the impatient lad was resolved upon making the attempt to reach his friends. No Apaches had been seen beneath the tree since the departure of the first stealthy visitor, and the hope was quite strong within the lad, that in the hurry and swirl of the fight, the redskins had failed to note him in his hiding place if such were really the case it would seem that there was a chance of his passing through the lines without detection anyhow i'm going to try it he muttered with set teeth as he resumed his cautious descent of the tree a moment later he found himself upon the nethermost limb where he hesitated a few seconds peering around in the breathless darkness and listening for anything that might betray the location of his enemies. The silence of the tomb seemed to have settled upon the earth, and hanging by his hands a moment he let go and dropped lightly to the ground. As he did so he purposely sank upon his hands and knees in the belief that he was less liable to be seen in that position than in any other. The signs continued favorable, and without any useless waiting he turned his face in the direction of New Boston And began stealing forward with the care and caution of a veteran courser of the plains. There was a fluttering hope that with the coming of night the Redskins had departed, but he knew better than to rely upon any such chance to reach his friends. If they had really gone, he would have heard something from Sut Simpson. No more trying ordeal can be imagined than that which Fred endured when he attempted thus to steal his way through the Apache lines to his friends. He crept along upon his hands and knees, for he dared not trust himself in an upright posture, and he studiously avoided all those places through which the rays of the moonlight made their way. There was scarcely a minute in which he did not fancy that he heard the stealthy movement of some one near him, and stopped and lay flat upon his face, remaining thus until hopeful that it was safe to move forward again. And this apprehension was not always imaginary. Two separate times the sound of footsteps were too distinct to be mistaken, and the glimpse obtained of a shadowy figure as it flitted across a partially moonlit space was equally conclusive. Almost an hour had passed when Fred finally found himself on the edge of the open area which separated the wood from the settlement Thus far he had evaded all danger, and only a comparatively small space remained to be passed over in order to reach the haven of safety. The boy assumed an upright position, and, standing in the shadow of the wood, debated with himself as to the best means of getting over that narrow but dangerous neck of territory which still interposed. It would be useless to attempt to creep over it, for the moon would be sure to reveal him to the Indians that were lurking near, and it was not likely that he could advance a dozen yards without detection. If it were possible, by drawing himself along on his face, to elude the vigilance of the Apaches, it would be clearly impossible to escape being discerned by his own friends. At such a time, the entire company would be on the lookout for just such insidious advances and the chances were that he would be taken for a savage and shot by his own friends. Fred was compelled to do a good deal of thinking, and the conclusion he came to was the next best possible to reach. Clearly the wiser course was for him to remain where he was for the time being. So long as darkness remained it was comparatively easy for him to keep concealed, and while the situation could not have grown any worse with the passage of the night. The chances were that it would improve, as the way for a safe run across the exposed area would have shown itself in due time. But it was natural that the boy should become impatient, and he easily persuaded himself that his position became more critical each moment. He decided to make a run straight for the larger building, depending not upon concealment, but upon speed. He expected to be fired at, and probably chased by some of the Apaches, but there was a reasonable chance of his escaping both. The distance was short, and he was sure to gain a good start at the beginning. But his main reliance was upon his being recognized by his friends who would cover his flight. Having decided upon this course, he did not delay its execution a moment, since delay foreboded so much. Breathing a prayer to heaven to guide him safely, he drew in a deep breath, and leaping full into the moonlit space, started through his fiery gauntlet. For a second or two, the tomb-like silence continued, and then he heard several hoarse crow-like calls, which he knew were made by the Apaches. Then came several rifle reports, but he was not injured. It showed, however, that his flight had been discovered. Fred had nothing to do, however, but to run, and he put on the utmost speed to which he could force himself, straining every nerve in the hope of making the log-house, which seemed to recede as he advanced. Silence succeeded, the shots and shouts, and the heart of the young fugitive was throbbing with a wild hope when a noise caused him to look over his shoulder. To his horror he perceived an Indian runner on foot and within a dozen feet bearing down upon him with the speed of the wind. The poor lad felt as if weighed down by a horrible nightmare, but he bent to his work with the desperation of despair. It was useless. His speed was not one-half as great as that of the trained Apache who bounded forward like a panther and in the next instant gripped his horny fingers in the arm of fred who uttered a wail and sank like one dying at that moment the sharp penetrating crack of a rifle came from the direction of the large building and the warrior with an ear-splitting screech threw up his hands and fell backward run you young beaver there's a chance for you yet the ringing voice of sut simpson aroused the boy who, finding himself loose from the grasp of the Indian, bounded forward again. But he had scarcely done so when the tramp of horse's hoofs were heard, and a warrior more daring than the others sent his mustang forward with arrowy swiftness not behind the lad, but directly in front of him, so that he was compelled to turn to one side in the attempt to dodge him. Detecting his purpose, a fusillade of rifles was kept up from the houses. But the Apache seemed to escape them all, and throwing himself on the opposite side of the horse so as to interpose the body of the latter between himself and his enemies, and without checking his speed, he reached down, and, catching the bewildered lad, dashed up the slope, bearing him away in triumph. End of chapter 8 Read by Thomas Rose